0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You knew it was going to come, just a matter of who when, and how much on Eric Biennemi. What do we mean? Find out next and tag you're it. That's all coming up next on today's episode of
1: Locked On Commanders. Come and join us. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, Commanders fans, welcome aboard one and all to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Your daily podcast cover the Washington Commanders free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. We thank you for making us your first listen and/or view of the day. My co-host David Harrison is writing for Commander's Country, uh, for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can check him out there. He is off for this edition. We appreciate him holding down the fort uh, all of last week while I was dealing with um, some family uh, health-related issues. So, uh, and um, uh, in Florida, trust me, I, I wish I was back doing the show uh, quite honestly Uh, I'm Chris Russell Uh, some people call me the rooster Uh, you can find me and Pete Medhurst Russell and Medhurst on the team 980 all throughout the DMV area and worldwide on the Odyssey app, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time. Uh, And again, uh, you can find us there live or on demand anytime, along with this particular podcast on the Odyssey app. And you can also check me out in writing for the Command Post, a subscription-based Rick Snyder. Washington Commanders production. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. All right, we start with this. Strong criticism for Eric Bieniemy's hire from one show, but two different personalities. Not something all of us were exactly expecting, but it's here. And who's going, but is anyone coming into command land? We'll discuss all of that next. But let's start with LaShawn McCoy, former Kansas City Chiefs running back, former Buffalo Bills, Philadelphia Eagles running back, very productive uh, back, had a good career, did not have a good run of it in Kansas City. He has been critical of Eric Bieniemy in the past. He is even more so now on FS1. They do a bunch of different talk shows. I'm not sure exactly which show this was. Uh, I think it was called Speak for Yourself. I don't really watch a ton of FS1, if I'm being totally honest with you. Uh, But LaShawn McCoy was on the panel on Tuesday, and once again, he doubled down in his criticism of Eric Biennium. Now, to be fair, he has not changed from, I believe it was maybe a year ago roughly at this time, give or take, uh, where he had some strong criticism of Eric Bieniemy, and he played for the Kansas City Chiefs in 2019. It did not go well. It did not go well, but he seems to be very, very, very angry towards Eric Bieniemy in a lot of different ways. Here's basically, in a nutshell, what he said. He said that Eric Bieniemy has nothing to do with the Chiefs' passing attack at all. Now, he cited... Giants head coach Brian Dable as somebody who he could see having success and why he has success. He mentioned in-house guys like Andy Reid and Doug Peterson, now the Jaguars head coach, as to coaches that he sees as having an instrumental impact on the passing game, the coordinated attack of the Kansas City Chiefs and of teams that he's been around. He said McCoy did on FS1 that the had really no role in meetings, like when they would make corrections or adjustments and they would point out things on the big screen video that Eric, the really wouldn't talk. He would occasionally talk to the running backs is what McCoy said, but Andy Reed and others would do most of the instructing, most of the correcting more, most of the diagnosing, what have you. He also According to McCoy, dog cussed, <clears throat> whatever that means, players of high-end nature, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, star tight end. And he then finished up at least the portion of the show that I saw saying that, hey, I'm rooting for him because he's a black coach. Which I I, I don't know why you would only be rooting for him for that reason, but to each his own, Um, but he also said, also because he's a running backs coach and running backs coaches don't generally get the head coaching looks, if you will. Now, we have to say this. McCoy was last there in 2019, so, I mean, his opinion could be out of date, certainly. Eric Biennemi could have evolved way more over the last couple of years, obviously. I'm sure McCoy talks to some people in the Kansas City Chiefs organization and maybe they gave him information. Travis Kelsey said when the original criticism came out back then, quote, I know I have a great relationship with Eric Biennemi. I have even butted heads with him. So he's admitting that they've disagreed on some things. But at the same time, I know what Bienemy is about end quote. So keep that in mind. Patrick Mahomes talked glowingly about Eric Bienemy. and they have butted heads at times. And there was an explanation and so on and so forth. It seemed pretty harmless. For the most part, it seems like they have a pretty good relationship. Now, on the same show, on the same panel, Sam Acho, who has done this on Twitter over the weekend, and social media was also critical of why enemy chose to go to Washington. He said, quote, not all money is good money. Why would you go from Patrick Mahomes, a top five consensus quarterback of all time in NFL history, to a quarterback with one start in Sam Howell? He said, you're going to tell me that's an upgrade? No, no, no. He said, congratulations to Eric Biennemi for, quote, getting more paper. I assume that means cash, right? But then he said, not all money is good money, end quote. Now, listen, you you can be mad at Acho all you want. I understand that. It seems like he's just making a very simplistic point that Sam Howell's not Patrick Mahomes. Duh, everyone knows that. Why would anyone not be able to recognize that as the obvious. Eric Bienemy knows that. But not everybody has a Patrick Mahomes. So if he was ever going to escape the shadow of Andy Reid, the shadow of not being the primary play caller, maybe the shadow of Patrick Mahomes, shadow of the Kansas City Chiefs offense, this was the opportunity. Remember, there were no other openings, really, that he had interviewed for. He interviewed for the Colts head coaching job, did not get that supposedly the Baltimore Ravens had interest. They hired Todd Munkin before the actually really became available or the next day, I should say. And it didn't seem like for whatever reason, there was any interest from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Todd Bowles. I don't know what their relationship is and no offensive coordinator. They hired Dave Kanellis, the Seattle Seahawks quarterbacks coach. And it seemed like there was no interest from Jonathan Gagnon, the new Arizona Cardinals head coach for Eric Biennemi with Kyler Murray and so on and so forth. So when we say he didn't have any other options, he had no other known options. He didn't interview anywhere else that we know of. There weren't any other candidates uh, or teams that were available besides those particular situations. Tennessee had closed up even earlier than Baltimore. So when responding to... Acho's criticism of Biennemi going to a worse situation, which is fair. I mean, not every place is Kansas City. Our guy, Turesh, who is awesome, uh, from our uh, corporate um, uh, company uh, that owns us, quite honestly, uh, Tegna. Um, Turesh does tremendous work uh, and always has great stuff on Twitter. Uh, We try and retweet him as much as we possibly can uh, because he's awesome. He said, hey, listen. Acho is criticizing Biennemi for doing this, for leaving for more money, more security, a better title, more visibility, more of an instrumental role. Acho did the same thing, leaving ESPN for Fox Sports 1. FS1 isn't as high profile as ESPN, isn't seen by as many people, but he got a bigger role. He got more money, presumably, more opportunities. Same kind of thing that Eric Biennemi is doing. So I thought that was an interesting point and, and pretty much right on uh, from our pal rush. All right, who's not coming back for the Commanders? And should they make a rush decision? We'll explain next on the Locked On Commanders podcast. But first, guys, this episode of LOC is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here. Matter of fact, we're right in the throes of the All-Star break, All-Star game and weekend in the books. Teams will be resuming later on uh, this week, so there's not a lot of NBA action right now. But it is the perfect time for you to get ready for the backstretch of the season and download the FanDuel Sportsbook app America's number one sports book to get in on all of that down the stretch action of the NBA. You can uh, obviously get involved in spread money line and total player props, points, rebounds, assists. How about this exclusive bets like the two by three, two, three pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus don't forget about, of course, the same game parlays. As we told you about during the NFL season, you have a bigger chance for a better payout by combining individual prop bets all into one uh, four legs, five legs, even more legs, and you can get much higher and better odds, and of course, a better return. So don't miss out on the chance to get your first no sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more. Fanduel, an official sportsbook partner
1: of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: All right, we are back on the Locked On Commanders podcast coming up uh, in this particular segment. A couple of guys leaving the Commanders, but who's coming? Is anybody coming? We presume somebody's going to come. We just don't know exactly who. Maybe we'll find out on Thursday. And that's where we'll start here. Uh, Plus, we're going to play Tag You're It in a weird sort of way in just a moment. Uh, So hang in there for that. Jim Hostler. Is leaving the commanders, according to Matt Paris of the Washington Times. Um, Hostler was the receivers coach when Ron Rivera first arrived from Carolina, and um, Hostler was then moved to like a senior assistant role after one year. Drew Terrell was then made the wide receivers coach, and they shuffled the coaching staff all around. And it was interesting because Hostler had plenty of experience from San Francisco and whatnot, uh, and he knew Alex Smith, and he had worked with Alex Smith before. And again, the commanders then invested a lot of resources in the wide receiver position. Of course, they already had Terry McLaurin. But they signed Curtis Samuel as a free agent. Of course, he was in uh, Carolina. Uh, And then they draft Jahan Dotson a year ago, or less than a year ago, uh, at this point. But Hostler was basically a senior offensive assistant. We don't know exactly what his role was, but presumably he was helping out all units and maybe Terrell a little bit, what have you. Now, what's interesting about this is that Terrell is expected to lead the organization as well. Multiple reports say he's leaving for the Arizona Cardinals passing game coordinator, current wide receivers coach. He replaced Hossler again, going into the 2021 season, but he's from the Phoenix area, right? So it's hard to blame him. He's getting an elevated role. He's going back home. He's 31 years old. He's thought to be a good young assistant. Clearly the position group that he had had a lot of talent, but they also, for the most part, for the most part, proceeded, uh, progressed. I mean, obviously, John Dotson had a good rookie year. Only blemish was the five games he missed because of injury. And Curtis Samuel stayed healthy and had a productive role. Now, you want to see Curtis Samuel get more involved, especially at his price tag, so on and so forth. Even De'Ami Brown had the one breakout game. You need more from De'Ami Brown, Cam Sims, Dax Milne. But, I mean, listen, again, Players play, coaches coach. You can only touch so many buttons. But what's interesting to me is that Terrell, with him leaving, you would have thought, hmm, Hostler maybe replaces him as the wide receiver's coach, right? He did it already. Eh, not so fast. Apparently, he and Eric Bienemy going a different way, or Eric Bienemy going a different way. Who's coming? Uh, I don't know who Eric Bienemy knows. But you could presume maybe a wide receivers coach with the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe an assistant wide receivers coach, a young assistant that he knows uh, that he's worked with, maybe somebody from his Colorado ties. Who knows? We don't know. Maybe we'll find out more when Eric Bieniemy addresses the media for the first time, 11 o'clock on Thursday morning, and we will have a live show that afternoon to recap and rewind it all. But... The Commanders already, as far as we know, reportedly losing two offensive coaches. Now, this was going to be a little bit of a turnover. Anyway, everyone expected it. To me, the question is, does Ken Zampezi stay as quarterback's coach? Uh, Does Randy Jordan, who's been here longer than Ron Rivera and stayed uh, the whole Jay Gruden era, Um, does he go, does he stay? Does Jennifer King stay? Does John Matskow stay? I think based on what, you know, some people have mentioned, John Kime, I know one of them, uh, and I heard a little something on this. I don't want to make it like that. It it wasn't supposed to be some big turnover. Like, so now a year from now might be a little bit different, but for the most part, they were going to keep most of the offensive coaching staff, even with the enemy coming, Uh, At this juncture and clearly changing around a bunch of things to his liking and his suiting as he has, for the most part, full control over the offense. So we'll keep you posted on that. Today was the first day, meaning Tuesday, that franchise tags and transition tags could be handed out in the NFL. Now, there's a two-week window, so it's not like you have to do anything, uh, of course, right away. But some teams do. The commanders correctly did not. Uh, at least as of this recording on Tuesday evening on Duran Payne. Um, it is expected that they will do it, but you wait, right? There's no cost in waiting. You wait until maybe the last day or the day before. When you know you're not getting a long-term deal done, boom, you put the franchise tag. The tag is going to cost $18.9 million for Duran Payne in 2023. I still think it's the right move. I've always thought it's the right move. Uh, you can still then work on a long-term contract, until July 15th-ish, roughly, give or take, depending on whether that falls on a weekend or not. But the bottom line is, is you can still have that opportunity and get a deal at least secured with Deron Payne. And of course, if it's not an exclusive franchise tag, then you can also shop him in a trade, potentially, uh, if that would be your desire. But I think Deron Payne will get the franchise tag. I think it will take another week and a half or so, uh, and they'll wait up until a day or so before the deadline when it becomes clear that they're not getting a long-term deal done. I don't think this costs the commanders anything at all. I think it doesn't change anything. I think ultimately the end result will be the franchise tag, and Deron Payne will more than likely play for the Washington Commanders under a one-year franchise tag in 2023. We'll see what happens, of course, over the uh, coming months, but I, I wouldn't expect many things would change that. Uh, but you never know with these things. Um, you still have OTAs, mini camps, what have you. Perspectives change, things change, who knows. So we will see what happens with De'Ron Payne. All right, coming up. Ron Rivera made a big score, but so has another head coach. And boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing, boys. (laughs) A little ode to DW, a little Daryl Waltrip for you. If you're a NASCAR fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But we will fill you in on two former commanders that I have great relationships with. uh, And they are off to greener pastures and different opportunities in their life. We'll tell you who and what. Plus, the feds are back in the mix. All of that next, coming up right here
1: on Locked On Commanders. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All
0: right, wrapping up the show on this midweek edition. Again, thanks to David Harrison for holding down the fort while I was gone dealing with family. Again, I'd much rather have been uh, here. Uh, I did enjoy a little bit of time in seeing my family Uh, But then there's other issues that we won't go into uh, that um, certainly made it complicated. Let's just say uh, that. All right. So we mentioned the feds are back involved. This story from A.J. Perez, a front office sports who does a tremendous job, came out Tuesday late afternoon. The U.S. Attorney's Office of the Eastern District of Virginia, of course, they opened up an investigation, as we talked about last November. I think it was like November 2nd. Uh, over financial irregularities. And that's where it really took a turn for me. When the Eastern District uh, and the feds get involved and the U.S. Attorney's Office gets involved, you know, it, it signified a different level for me than just a House Oversight Committee investigation. And I said that. The case, according to Perez, of course, remains open, unresolved, but he mentions at least one subpoena, at least one subpoena has been issued as part of the probe according to two sources with knowledge of the case, telling front office sports that, Uh, quote, the team has been fully cooperating with the Eastern District of Virginia since it received a record, a request for records last year, said Commander's Lead Counsel John Brownlee in a statement to front office sports. They requested records, only relate to customer security deposits and the team's ticket sales and revenue. The team will continue to cooperate with this investigation. As Perez notes, a spokesperson for the U.S. Attorney's Office in Eastern Virginia, in the Eastern District, I should say, uh, of Virginia declined comment. So whatever that all means, Uh, It means that the show goes on and we will see where it winds up. Still not a great thing when your team is being investigated for financial irregularities uh, when it comes to ticket revenue and the feds, again, are involved. We finish up the show with two notes. Congratulations to my guy, Ben a former guest here on the Locked On Commanders podcast uh, when he was an assistant coach at Army where he went to school and where he fought for this country. Uh, and played. Ben Kotwika, the former special teams coordinator here in Washington, also Atlanta, spent last year as the assistant special teams coordinator with the Minnesota Vikings and Kevin O'Connell. Uh, he was named the special teams coordinator of the Denver Broncos with Sean Payton. Now, the rub here is Mike Westoff the longtime Jets special teams coordinator Worked with Katwika in New York before Katwika came to Washington, Westhoff retired, Westhoff out of retirement, helping Sean Payton as basically an assistant head coach uh, and also going to have his fingerprints along with Katwika, who is now the full time special teams coordinator with a lead special teams coordinator of the Denver Broncos. Now, Rex Ryan interviewed over the weekend. We don't have a decision yet on the defensive coordinator, but I'm telling you, looks like, especially if Ryan comes aboard, that Sean Payton is finding himself a good kick-ass staff, as you would pretty much uh, assume. And, again, I'm partial to Ben. Ben's a great guy, he's a good friend. Uh, We've stayed in touch, uh, you know, I'd help him with anything. He'd do the same for me. Uh, love the guy. I think he's an excellent coach, uh, and I think he'll really help uh, the Denver Broncos out. So I'm so, so happy for Ben Kotwika, uh and Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. So congratulations there. I think it'll be a good fit. And finally, we wrap up the show on this, again, midweek edition with this. Congratulations to another good guy, Eric Schaefer. Uh, Who is Eric Schaefer? For those of you that have been following this franchise for a long time, you know that he was a rising executive, a very key executive in the contracts and salary cap department. Basically he was the salary cap and contract guru, the guy who negotiated all the free agent contracts and all that stuff uh, to help out Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder, and uh, whatever other regimes there was. He worked with Joe Gibbs, uh, back when Coach was here for a second tour of duty, uh, Vinny Serrato as well. Um, and Eric Schaefer was also the chief legal uh, counsel and more. And eventually he was promoted on the football side and the business side to senior vice president or executive vice president, I think was his official title. Then he left the organization right after Ron Rivera was hired because Ron was bringing in Rob Rogers, his own contract and salary cap guy. And Eric was kind of, you know, going to be phased out, I guess, a little bit in terms of that and his football division ascent. And he wanted to kind of be involved. So uh, he He went and uh, helped out uh, a coaching agency. He's been working with the Fritz Pollard Alliance and some other groups on some independent uh, projects before that. Uh, again, advising and keeping his eye on, on the NFL. But we tell you all this because he didn't take a job in the NFL. But He did, he did have a Washington connection his next lot in life. A new executive vice president of Joe Gibbs Racing, of course, owned by the legendary head coach Joe Gibbs, three-time Super Bowl champion, and of course, multi-time NASCAR champion. Joe Gibbs Racing hiring Eric Schaefer again as an executive vice president, chief of commerce. Uh, Whatever all that means is whatever all that means. Uh, Eric's dipping into new waters here and I think it's exciting for, obviously, Coach Gibbs to have somebody that he's familiar with that can help him evolve his business and that team and that ownership group into the next phase of NASCAR uh, and keep them competitive all at the same time because they win a lot of championships, so certainly don't need a lot of help. But I think every time you get somebody as smart and as savvy and as hardworking and as diligent as Eric Schaefer you are going to benefit. And that's exactly what Joe Gibbs Racing got. I would say this, you know, there were a lot of people of questionable ilk that I worked with uh, that I know that worked for the Washington franchise at various times. And Eric worked there for 17 years. And many people said, why hasn't he left? Why has he not just walked away if things were so bad? Well, when you have young kids, you don't just walk away. Things can be not great, but you deal with a lot of stuff because you don't want to uproot your family. You don't want to constantly be changing schools. So that's one thing. Keep that in mind. Number two, he was handsomely paid. I mean, he was handsomely paid. Maybe not as good as he should have been, but he was handsomely paid. I mean, he was doing a lot of work for Dan Snyder and the organization, again, managing the salary cap, doing a tremendous job in that regard, changing of the guard, different contract strategies, structures, all of that stuff. The off ramp back in 2010 with Albert Hainsworth and and uh, uh, and D'Angelo Hall and so on and so forth. So um, there was a lot going on there with Eric Schaefer. Uh, Behind the scenes and not so behind the scenes, and he was really working hard at developing on the football side. So congratulations to my friend Eric Schaefer, a longtime executive, senior executive uh, with the Washington NFL franchise, who he served very well, kept his nose clean, kept away from all the the poison, if you will, and just did his job and did it very, very well. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing got themselves a winner just like the Denver Broncos did uh, with Ben Kotwika. And one other congratulations note while we're at it, forgot to put this in the script. Hey, how about D'Angelo Hall? We just mentioned him. He's now the assistant D-backs coach with the Carolina Panthers and Frank Reich. So congratulations to D. Hall. D'Angelo always wanted to get into coaching. He's been at the NFL Network. Uh, He, of course, gave up the commander's radio job a year ago, London Fletcher now taking over that role because he didn't want to, I guess, criticize the organization or be in a position where he couldn't criticize. And now he leaves the organization. He left the organization anyway, uh, but he leaves NFL Network to become an assistant coach. Uh, And learning on the job with the Carolina Panthers, obviously a good spot. You can go down there and you can learn. Frank Reich's going to be there for at least two years, you would think. Probably much more than that. Uh, And he can, you know, quickly ascend as long as it's in his blood. uh, And he wants to keep doing that. D'Angelo Hall, one of the smartest uh, and best Corners that I covered, defensive players, players, period, people. Uh, I love D'Angelo Hall. Um, uh, I'm very happy for him and his family. I wish it was here in Washington, but I wish him uh, all the best in Carolina. D Hall, good luck. Uh, You're a good egg. Appreciate you uh, for everything that you did for us in the media. And also, one time, uh, D'Angelo Hall on a game day surprised me and my kids at a McDonald's near the team hotel in Maryland um, because he was getting breakfast at McDonald's instead of at the team hotel or at FedEx field. That was an interesting day and an interesting morning. All right. That is going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. We want to thank you guys for making LOC your first listen of the day. And watch. Come on back for the next episode. David will be back uh, with you. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast. Get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories all throughout the offseason. Locked On NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. If you want to hop in, it's Locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com uh, or via Twitter at LOCommanders. Thanks again for joining us. We're free and available on all platforms, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, for David Harrison, cover the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Matt Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. We'll be back again, David, and then we'll be back after Eric Enemy's introductory press conference with all of our reaction. Make sure you stay tuned all off-season long to the Locked On Commanders Podcast.